Father, tonight, Lord God, we come before You and we come in Jesus' name. We thank You, Father, for this undeniable privilege, God, You give us tonight to just kneel before You, before the Holy Spirit, before our most righteous and heavenly God, and pray and ask and seek, Father, Your will to be firmed and to be clear and steadfast in our hearts and our lives. Thank God of all the many, many needs around this room tonight, God. Lord, there's so many of us that just need such a mighty touch from a righteous God. Lord, without any doubt whatsoever in my heart, by faith, God, tonight I call upon You, Lord God, to minister to the needs that have been mentioned tonight, the raising of hands, God, by faith, that there's an unspoken need in someone else's heart. God, I ask You to recognize those needs and work Your will and Your purpose in each of our hearts and lives. Oh, God, I thank You, Father. And God, I praise You for all the goodness, Father, and all the blessings that You pour out on us every day as Your people. And Lord, I ask tonight, God, if it be Your will, that You would just rain down a blessing from heaven, Father, tonight through this service and through this Word we share. I ask You to empty us and hide us behind an old rugged cross. I ask You to help us and lead us and guide us, Father, through this message and through this sermon, God, in a way that You should receive the glory and the praise and always the honor. Father, I pray tonight for each need represented here, those that we know that are bedfast, those that we know that are now in the hospital, God, with undetermined problems, those that are tonight, God, just unsure about their faith and their walk and their destiny. Oh God, tonight I would ask You to speak to each of these matters. And God, raise them up. And surely, God, tonight, if there be anyone in this room or hear this message that is lost and wandering in a sin-cursed and a dying world that we have around us, God, may You allow the faith to become sight. We thank You for the privilege, God, that You give us and the blessing You allow upon us to just be here tonight and open this precious Word before the people. But God, just invite the power and the grace of the Holy Ghost tonight in this place. We invite You, Father, tonight to just rain down on us, God. Show us and lead us and guide us, God, under paths of righteousness. Righteousness, Father, for Your name's sake. We ask it and we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's one thing this world needs tonight in your life, we need peace. Jesus declares unto us that He provides us a peace, a peace that passes all understanding. Jesus declares unto us that He is the Prince of Peace. He provides unto us the understanding and the knowledge and the wisdom and knowing that we have that peace if we know Him as our Lord and our Savior. Jesus provides unto us through the Word of God, beloved, that if we seek after His will, He will become that peace that our heart desires so desperately this day and time. If you have your New Testament Bibles with you, I would ask you to turn with me tonight into the book of Romans. Paul's letter to the Roman people. I'm going to be in chapter 5, and we're going to share most of that chapter in its entirety tonight, most verses. But what I want to center down on tonight is the peace and the glory of God and how we obtain it. How God desires for us to realize that. God never offers us, beloved, a promise like the world does, unless it's something that is obtainable. Amen? But you see, to obtain it, we have to be in the will of God. We have to be under the leadership of God's will, the power of the Holy Ghost. Paul writing to the Roman people in verse 1 of chapter 5, 
He tells us this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God, by whom also we have access by faith. You know, one thing that we find in our walk every day as a Christian believer that we find that if we don't nurture and God doesn't continue to bring forth to fruition every day, we find our faith to wane and to waver, don't we? Our faith can surely diminish in the things that we see and believe. You know, sometimes that's realized in the fact that sometimes we're in church or maybe we're under the Word of God and hearing someone preach the Word of God and we said, you know, uh, I've heard that so many times before, I'm going to kind of just tune that out. I've heard that message before, but I want you to know how dangerous that is. Because you see, we serve a living and a righteous God tonight. And this very book I hold in my hand tonight is the living word of a living God. And you know what? Every day I pick it up, I'm amazed at the verses that I've read and continue to read almost as if I've never heard them before in my life. And I'm thankful God shares it to us that way. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. How about rejoicing in hope? You know what? I think every one of us could use just a little dose of that tonight, couldn't we? Rejoicing in hope. What does rejoicing in hope truly mean to us tonight as a Christian believer, it truly means that we need to have joy and we need to have rejoicing. We need to have joy and joy and joy. Rejoicing means to have joy again, to repeat the joy. It says clearly here, and rejoice in hope. And what are we rejoicing in the hope of? The glory of God. You see, I think so many times it's easy for us to rejoice in ourselves. Could you understand me? Sometimes we rejoice in ourselves. But you know what? If we'll just take a few minutes a day and put ourselves aside, maybe on a shelf, and rejoice in the hope of God, you know what? Our whole worship changes, doesn't it? Praise God, it changes. Verse 3 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. What does it really mean to us? You see, hope, it says in verse 5, maketh us not ashamed. And he tells us why that is, Paul writes. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. The love of God. Have you stopped and thought even one minute today that the God that you serve is the very God that created this universe? You know, I heard on the news about some spacecraft on Mars, and it's been there over a year now, and, and they were rejoicing, the scientists were rejoicing that it had survived for a whole year. And you know, I think that's a wonderful technological feat. I, I praise God for giving those scientists those minds and abilities. I thank God for the brilliant minds He's given us as His people. But you know what I can't help but think about? This little machine, this little robot that they have on this planet called Mars, is such a speck in the blessings and the gifts of all the things that God's done in even your life today. What God's done for you today and what God's done in my life today, beloved, is such a small speck compared to what God desires to do 
in the lives of the hearts of His own as us as the God's children. You see, it says God is shed abroad in our hearts and it's done by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. The Holy Ghost. Now, I've said it many times and many times I've preached it. I think one of the most misunderstood of the triune God, the third person of the Trinity, surely is the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, the Holy Ghost is truly what lives within us. The Holy Ghost of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we receive our power. That's where we receive our grace. That's where we receive our guidance. That's where we receive our zeal and our zealousy to serve a righteous and a mighty God. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. The understanding that we can have in knowing that God has placed that in us as a believer. Beloved, He placed it in your heart. He placed it within you as a believer tonight. And God did it because of God's great, great, great love for you and for me. I think so many times, the latter part of this verse, it says, without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. You know, that's a verse I think we need to stop and rewind on many times every day, don't we? Even while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus, He died for us in our sins. While we were deep and steeped in our sins... While we were even happy, let me put it that way in modern terms, while we were enticed, while we were joy-filled in our sins, while we were out doing all these things that the world says is okay and God's Word says is wrong and is sin, while we were still ourselves in the midst of doing these sins, God still sent His Son to a cross, beloved, to die for us. God's love for you and me tonight, beloved, is awesome. It's beyond anything I've got a vocabulary to understand. He says in verse 7, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet uh, for a good man some uh, would even dare to die. In other words, God's Word says that sometimes people, good people, will die for a good person, another good man. We think of that and we see that happening many times with our precious military people, don't we? They're dying for a great cause, a great land. They're good people. Dying for good people. But then it goes in that latter part of that verse, the not-so-good man. What about the not-so-good person, if you will? Because man's used here not as a gender, but as God's people. You see, so many times, I think, We want to categorize how and why God pours out His blessed hope upon so many people in so many different ways, don't we? There's a particular television preacher with a group of people with him sitting somewhere in a studio, and he says, but if you'll just send me that $15 seed money, God will multiply it 500 times. Now, I want to know this. How many people have sent in the $15 and not waited for God to give them the understanding whether God's going to multiply the seed money? I hear it and I hear it and I hear it. I'll tell you, beloved, right now, and I stand before God and you and say this because I am the one that would be accountable in the saying of it, that all this man is doing is fleecing money from good people many times. God needs to be in everything that we do. I don't know about this preacher. I don't know anything about his background. I don't know anything about his honesty. But I know one thing. If I knew I had a television program and I knew I would have a full two hours every day of the week at 5 o'clock in the morning to be on as many as 30 channels, I would have a whole lot more to tell you than to send me your $15. 
I would want to tell you that Jesus Christ died for you. I would want to tell you how much God loves you. I would want to tell you how great a hope you have in Christ Jesus if you just turn your heart over to Him. I'd want you to know the truth. I'd want you to know the gospel. I'd want you to know the reason that Christ died for you. And I pray every time I come across this particular channel and see this particular man, that one day God will speak to his heart and make a transformation inside of him. I'm really praying that God will work in this man's life. I want you to know tonight there is no greater message for anyone to hear or preach, and that's the gospel message of the shed blood of Jesus Christ on a cross, Him crucified for your sins and mine. There's no greater message. There's no greater purpose in living. There's no greater reason to open the Word of God before a group of wonderful people than to let them know of the truth of God's love. And there's no greater love that God would send His Son to a cross to die on behalf of our sins. There's no greater love. God loves you tonight. Verse 8, But God commandeth His love towards us in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commanded His love. God commanded His love. But God commanded His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While Christ wasn't even beloved, a part of our vocabulary, maybe not even a thought, God had already sent His precious Son to the cross. And He'd already died on behalf of your sins. Verse 9, Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. I want to center on that word blood just for a few minutes. Not a very popular preaching these days, apparently. Uh, I looked and I looked through the guides and the radio channels and the TV channels earnestly this week for the word blood to hear somebody preach on the blood. To hear somebody speak of the blood that was shed on the cross by our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. And you know what? I never heard blood. The efficacious blood that was shed freely on the cross by our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, so that you and I tonight can have forgiveness. So that one day we can stand before God and be holy. As God says, I am holy. Verse 10, For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. I could spend the next four and a half days going through just that one verse about God's love. For if, when we were enemies, speaking of enemies between us and God as we were sinners in our sins, He says we were reconciled to God by what? The death of His Son. You see, beloved, what I want you to understand tonight, just as Paul was sharing to the Roman people in this chapter 5, is that without the death and the shedding of blood, there is no reconciliation between us and God. There is no hope and there is no promise that we can ever stand before God and be received outside of that reconciliation and that perpetuation, beloved, of that shed blood on that cross. We have no hope. And I just read there is no promise outside of that. He says, we shall be saved by His life, the life that He gave. You know, when I see people at my work or I meet people on the street, no matter where I'm at, and I see them going about life so frivolously and, and going about everything, all the things that they enjoy doing, and never for one minute even stop and think about how great God is. 
You know, hardly ever does anyone go out and buy a new automobile these days without somebody coming up to them and saying, that's a fine automobile you bought. And in just for a few moments, maybe they'll admire it and it won't be long. And eventually somebody slips up and says, wonder what he paid for it. Wonder what she paid for that new hat or that new dress. What did she pay for those clothes? But you see, it always comes back to what did it cost? And that's what I want to end this note and this service on tonight, beloved, is the cost. Your salvation tonight, your forgiveness, and the perpetuation of your sin, debt, and mine tonight, blood, was all shed on a cross, on a hill called Calvary, through the beloved Son of God, Jesus Christ. There He freely gave His life so that you and I tonight can have life that this Word speaks of, and we can have it eternally. You see, beloved, what I want you to know tonight is, is salvation, it never has been free because it cost the Son of God everything He was and is. It cost Him His life. And you see, God knew that when God allowed His Son to be brought forth and arrested and carried to this cross, did He not? God knew the great price. You see, I want you to understand tonight as well that God loves you so much that He's willing to sacrifice His only begotten Son so that you and I tonight can have life and we can have it abundant and we can know that one day we can spend eternity with God in heaven knowing that our sins have been forgiven. But you see, it's not possible without the price that's been paid. It's not possible without the shedding of blood from a sinless and a spotless Lamb of God. Now, I don't know your denomination. I don't know tonight what translation of the Word of God you read out of or teach out of or speak out of. Or I don't know. But I want you to know one thing tonight. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I'll let you know this, that one day when the Lord comes back and He comes forth to receive His bride, the church of the Most High, the church of the redeemed. I want you to know, beloved, tonight, if you are not under the blood of Jesus Christ, you'll be lost and damned into a devil's hell. That's as plain as I can state it. I think there's so much religion out here today in this world that so many times we think everything fits. But you know, I learned as a little boy when one day I had a little wooden plate and somebody gave me three or four little wooden tools And one thing I had to do was take the little square and see if it would go into the star-shaped hole in the block. It wouldn't fit. And then one day I saw that I had a circular hole in that little wooden piece as a small child. And here I am again trying to find which one of these little pieces of wood would fit down through there. And you know what I realized as I grew older and a little smarter as a two- or three-year-old as I did those little toys? I found out there's always got to be the right size to fit in the right place. Every one of you tonight that hears my voice were born with a soul. Every one of you that hear my voice tonight were born with a soul that shall and will live eternal. And sometimes I've heard people say, Amen. And for the redeemed, it's worthy of. But I want you to know tonight, there's many souls that will hear my voice tonight that are not redeemed, but will live eternal someplace outside of the will and the way of God. And that's why I bring tonight's message. Because I want you to know, Jesus says that I am the way and I am the truth And I am the life, and no one cometh unto the Father except through me. So I ask you tonight, have you been through the blood? Have you been to the cross? Are you in fellowship with the Lord Jesus? 
Do you know Him as your personal Savior? Or are you just living a life of religion? I meet people quite often and it kind of astounds me to the point sometimes I'm just set back where I'm just bewildered that say they live their life every day and they're walking by faith and I ask them what do they have faith in and they don't know. And I ask them what do you mean you don't know what your faith is in? What's your faith in? Oh, my faith is in my God. Well, who is your God? Who is your God? Who is God in your life? Because for many people, like I just shared with you, it may be that new automobile. For some ladies somewhere, they hear my voice tonight. Their God might be that new pair of shoes. It may be. In all of our lives, beloved, we've had gods that are outside of the true and living God. Do you hear me tonight? I'll dare say go out as far as saying every one of us at some point have worshipped false gods. It's so easy to get tangled up in that in this materialistic world. And I think clearly that's what Paul wanted his people in Rome to understand is that if you want joy and you want peace and you want deliverance, it can only come through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the cross where He was nailed and He hung and He died. It can't come through anything that's man-made. Only through the cross. Only through the perpetuation of sin, the debt of sin. Beloved, the debt of our sins tonight that was paid. And not only our sins, the sins of the whole world. Jesus gave His life so that we could have life. And we could have it more abundantly. And we could have it eternally. Last verse, 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. You know, there's nothing like the atoning blood, the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing knowing that every drop of blood, beloved, that fell at the foot of that cross that day was shed for me and was shed for you. And every day we go about our activities. Every Sunday we'll be in our church services maybe Every weekday we may sing and practice in our choir meetings, but we need to keep our focus and our centering of our hearts on the true reason that we can call ourselves Christians tonight. You see the word Christian in its basic definition, it means followers or seekers of Christ. Are you a follower or a seeker of Christ Jesus tonight? If you call yourself a Christian, that's what you're defining to the world. You see, Paul wanted the people in Rome to understand that if you go and look at all the sins in your life and you look at all the turmoil and the tumultuousness of all the things that we try to accomplish in life, and yet it seems like what we really do is we get sometimes just more and more and more and more mired down in clay, don't we, of sin. I think sometimes we wonder, God, where are you? God, where are you, God? I need you, God. If we stop and maybe look in a mirror, a spiritual mirror at ourselves, turn around and say, it's no wonder God don't hear me. Look where I've gone. Look how far I have fallen away from the glory of God. Paul addresses that in Romans chapter 3 and 23. He says, for we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Paul wanted the Roman people, beloved, clearly tonight, beloved, I want anyone that hears this message tonight, wherever it may be broadcast, I want everyone to understand that we're all born sinners. You see, if we weren't sinners, we wouldn't need a Savior, would we? And you see, if we've received the salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ and His shed blood, beloved, 
You know what we've received? We've received what Paul says in this latter verse 11. We've received the atonement of God. The atonement, the price prepaid for your sins. Some of you may stop and think and say, I don't understand that because I'm still living and I don't know what I'll go out and do tomorrow and how deep I'll fall in my sins tomorrow. You just confess that sin tonight and you give it to the Lord Jesus Christ and you ask Him to forgive you and save you. I'll assure you tonight, His Word declares that His blood is efficacious tonight to cover our sins. When I was little, I'm being honest with you. Where have you been? Oh, I wasn't far, Mom. I was just around the corner. And I was a block or two away. Tell my mama that just as quick as if I take a breath. And you know what? That night before I went to bed, my mom would always say, Billy, make sure you pray tonight before you go to bed. And you know, the hardest prayers I ever prayed sometimes was saying, Lord, I guess you're going to have to get out your paintbrush again. Lord, I'm not as covered with forgiveness as I was because, Lord, I lied to my mama. Oh, Lord, I didn't tell the truth, Lord. And you know what? Before I'd ever fall asleep, the Lord give me a peace in my young heart. And you know what I'm so grateful for? That same peace that God gave me when I was a little boy laying in that bed with tears in my eyes asking God to forgive me for lying to my mama is the same God that forgave me this morning when I cried out to Him and thanked Him for forgiving me this day of my sins. The same God in heaven. The same Lord Jesus. The same One that forgave me. And you, while we were yet sinners, Christ even then was willing to die for you and me. I don't know where you are tonight and you walk before God totally between you and the Lord. I'll promise I'm not a judge of no one. But I want you to know I don't know a better day than today as we close and we pray. If you have anything in your heart that you know is between you and having a good relationship with God, where God would know and God would give you the assurance in knowing that you tonight have been forgiven through that shed blood I've been speaking of. And through that hope and that promise that Paul writes about. So that you can have that strength. And so that you can have that righteousness. And so that you can receive that love that God commanded to you. I just pray you'd ask God for that. If there's any barriers in your life that would hinder that being firm today in your life. This very hour, beloved. This very minute. If there's anything missing there. I ask you to plead to God and ask Him to help you. Would you bow your heads for a closing prayer? Father, tonight we come before You humbly, Lord, and we come in Jesus' name. I thank You, God, again for each and every one that's here tonight. I thank You for the goodly number, Father. I thank You for the large groups, God, that have been in these meetings for the last many months. I would ask You, Father, tonight, if it be Your will, Father, just search out our hearts tonight around this place. And Lord God, if there be any one of us, Father, that You find sin and fault, God, within us, God, that's unconfessed. I would ask, God, that You would reveal it unto us, so that, God, tonight, may we confess that before You, Father. Just as Your Word declares, God, that if we confess our sins, Father, You declare unto us that You will forgive us of our sins, and that You will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, God, tonight we need that in our hearts. Oh, Father, if we've ever needed it before, God, this world needs this tonight, God, tonight in our lives, knowing that we've been forgiven through the hand and the shed blood of a righteous and a mighty God. Oh, Father, I pray for each one tonight that may hear this message in other countries, uh, around our own communities, God, even in other uh, assisted care homes, wherever it may be broadcast, God, other radio affiliates and networks. God, wherever it may be and wherever this word may go forth, God, 
Your Word gives us a promise that will never be void. And God, I ask tonight, Father, that You'll strengthen this Word. I ask You, God, that You will accompany it with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost tonight. And just allow it to penetrate hearts that maybe have become hardened, God, by the things of this world. Help us, God, to tear down these walls, Father, around us and allow us, God, to just have the pliability and the softness, God, so you may speak with that still, small voice. Beloved, tonight, if you're lost and you know you've heard this word tonight and you wonder, was I ever saved? Was I ever been forgiven? Have I ever asked God, confess my sins before the Lord God? Or am I just living on what somebody else has told me? Or maybe a mother or a dad has said one time that uh, that you are already saved. Don't worry about that. Uh, Maybe it's tonight to ask God to be sure. Make sure your calling and your election is sure, the Word says. Beloved, if that's you tonight, just ask God and let God give you an answer. If tonight, beloved, you backslid and gone outside of the will and the Word and the purpose of God, gone out of the fold, tonight just ask God to draw you back unto Him. If you ask Him, He will. Let Him speak to you tonight with His still, small voice. Let Him reach out His nail-scarred hand. Put His arms around you. Let the Lord Jesus know tonight you love Him also and you desire to be a child of God. Father, I thank You tonight for speaking to hearts and minds and spirits. I thank You, God, for answering prayer in a way that only You can, Lord. I thank You for each and every one of these very precious people in this place tonight. Lord, I love them with all my heart, Lord. I know their lives, many of them. Lord, I... I know their emotions, God. I know the trials and their situations that some of them are dealing with their health and their spiritual needs tonight, God. But most of all, God, may our salvation and may our election tonight be found sure. God, tonight I would just ask tonight that You would just receive the praise and the glory and the honor, God, for it all. Help us each, God, to continue to grow in You and to be strengthened by Your Word and Your will, Father, in all areas and avenues of our lives and our families. Father, we just are thankful tonight, God, for Your sweet Spirit and Your presence tonight in this place. May You receive our praise and our glory and the honor, God, tonight, which alone tonight, Father, You so righteously deserve. Tonight, Lord God, we love You and we thank You for loving us first. We thank You for blessing us, leading us, and guiding us. And Father, until the next appointed hour, we return to share Your Word, Father, with such wonderful, blessed people. May You keep them, Father. May You keep Your arms around us. Continue to show Your love and grace. For Father, tonight we ask Your will to be our own. We ask for Your grace to be upon us. And we ask for the hope and the promise, God, that's only available through Your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Tonight we come and we pray in His precious and holy name. Amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. 
That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer. Thank you.